And we do live often with with other people or within a family community or a work community. And it's really important to speak about your own needs within that environment. Or if it's an environment that's not changing, looking to be in a more flexible environment that suits your integrity better. Hello and welcome to Overcoming Anxiety with Dawn Morgan. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. I have a guest with me today. Angela is, was born in the UK, but has lived and worked in France, Switzerland, Australia, and England. She's a physiotherapist and relaxation coach, and also writes women's fiction novels. She's married with two, two grown-up sons, three grandchildren, and a clan of Gordon Setter dogs. She loves out, outdoor activities, yoga, and writing. So welcome, Angela. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's going to be great. So my show is all about overcoming anxiety and people come on here to tell us about their anxiety journeys. So over to you and let's hear yours. Yeah, well, I uh, it mine took me completely by surprise. Mm -hmm. um, I had always felt that I was someone who coped well and took for granted that I would always cope well. And then I hit a bit of a cliff. I'd, um, I, I run a health clinic and uh, I just had baby uh, who didn't sleep uh, at night for quite some considerable time. Yeah. And uh, I had the clinic all organized with replacements for, for me. So technically I was on maternity leave. And then that crashed because my replacement decided that they were leaving. So when the baby oh. was about 10 weeks old, I had no one in the clinic. Um, I wasn't sleeping. And um, so I stepped back in. I was uncomfortable about stepping back in because I wasn't ready to leave the baby, but I stepped back in. And um, all kind of went okay. Okay, I'd organised mm -hmm. childcare and it was all ticking along very nicely until one day I just froze and I was sitting at my desk in the office and it was my uh, practice manager sitting opposite me mm -hmm. who said, are you, are you okay? And I said, um, yeah, I, d I don't think I am. And uh, she said, oh, you've just been sitting there not doing anything, not moving for about 10 minutes. And I had this overwhelming anxiety. I thought I was going to die. My heart was racing and I was struggling yeah. to get my breath. And um, and I felt sort of totally uh, paralysed. And from that point, I started to wake with anxiety early in the morning, sort of dreading the day. Yeah. And uh, so that that's where it started. And, um, you know, that's... Doubt myself completely. Yeah, it's quite interesting because when you you say that you know you had a particular plan for the whole maternity thing, and this happens quite often, doesn't it? You know, yeah. suddenly life gets in the way. So something happens, and we have this this feeling of losing control. We're not in control anymore. You know, our, yeah. our plan isn't working out. You know, what we expected is not happening, no. and that is that is one of the really big triggers for anxiety. Yeah. Well, because basically the, the anxiety is your mind telling your 
your body basically that you're in danger, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's telling you there's a there's a clear and present danger. And I, I mean, our bodies were designed to cope with physical danger. Yeah. So, you know, they were designed to pump a load of sugar into our muscles and speed our breathing up and increase our heart rate so that we're ready to run away from something or fight it off yeah, or, or, or freeze in anticipation that we'll do one of those two things. But most modern things that make us anxious, they're, that they're not of that order. You know, we, we're not, no. you know, we're no. not going to run or fight. Um, so what actually happens is we we freeze and that's what happened to me. I just yeah. got frozen and I wasn't still in a calm sense of being peaceful and still like we are when we meditate or something. Yeah. I was literally frozen in this state of hyper awareness. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, all sorts of physical things happen Um you know, light suddenly seemed brighter and noises seemed very loud and I I seem to be able to I seem to have developed this superpower of even stuff in my periphery I was yeah. taking notice of it and um hyper they're alert hyper alert state yeah. but frozen mm. so it was really so the interesting thing for me was that when I'd come a little bit off that um I knew what was happening mm -hmm. And I understood what was happening sort of from a, an academic point of view, yes. but then needed to find a way to, you know, to get around it. And yeah, um, yeah so I actually started off with some breath work because the mm -hmm. most obvious thing to me was that I was breathing too fast and I felt like my chest was going to explode. Yeah. So I guess that was that was my first way through it. Um, and then I started to think about what I could do to offload some of the or, or, or get a handle on some of what was um, bothering me. So I'm a great list builder when I was in uh, <laughs> when I lived in Australia, one of my flatmates loved to somewhere on one of the lists I'd made to put don't forget to make another list or <laughs> <laughs> great list so he'd always like add something to yeah. if he found one of my my lists so I started to do that and then thought mm, that in itself looks a bit feels a bit overwhelming yeah um so the second thing I started to do was to actually write a story about that for myself to actually oh. have um, I had a book. I bought myself a, a, a beautiful notebook and um, I created a character for myself and started to write about this stuff and about what might people say to that person, what might I say to that person to help them to get over the anxiety. And from there started to come some, some storytelling and... Um, I found the writing really, really helpful. And um, I also started to use, um, I met at that time, I was doing some broadcasting as a guest broadcaster for the BBC, and um, I met uh, a local composer who lived near me. 
and we started to talk about stuff and he also suffered from some anxiety uh -huh. so we decided to start to make some interactive stuff so we used some of my stories and uh, he composed some interactive uh, music some soundtracks for those stories and and we started to create something based around uh, well, we started with anxiety and then we had a look at anger um, and we had a look at um, uh, goal setting, procrastination and all sorts of different issues that we wrote word and music stories about. Oh, amazing. That's fascinating. Interesting that you said, you know, you created a character. It's like you were you were perhaps without even knowing it you were disassociating yourself from that situation weren't you you were sort of yes. out there you know yes. um okay so I, i'm removing it from me and it sat over there and then i can talk about it and i can yes. think about it yes. as well because i i just needed to get over the brain freeze yeah that i had because actually when you're in that state you can't make decisions you, well, no, because you're in you're in the fear state, aren't you? So your brain yeah. shuts down because you don't need to think. <laughs> you need to act. You need to run yeah. away or you need to fight, as you said, you know. So yeah. You, yeah. you don't need your brain. Hmm. No. And I, I guess it was my way of uh, of, of fighting. And I, I think um, having some of the knowledge of the, the what, what chemicals are starting to yeah. flood through your, your brain, um, it allowed me to hold on to something that was um, before I had the anxiety. Yeah. It was knowledge I had and expertise that I had, and I, I it gave me an anchor. Um, and what I knew was that a lot of anxiety and, and fear and so on is sort of adrenaline-driven. Mm -hmm. But if you can turn that into a sense of anticipation as opposed to anxiety and excitement you start to produce different chemicals and yeah, from yeah. there to to have made that little creative achievement as well then that started to produce some different chemicals yeah. and it started but I still occasionally when I have a lot on or if I'm tired um, fatigue is a big yeah issue with with, with anxiety I think if I'm getting tired or I've you know got too much on, I can still wake in the morning as, as if my body knows and produces this response. I wake in the morning with anxiety. And it's, uh, you know, it's really, um, but now I know how to deal with it, where to where to go to, what to use, the, you know, yeah. different techniques that work for me. And to change the anxiety into anticipation, but also to look and say, well, where's the overwhelm? And I think a lot of people with anxiety are people pleasers and they say yes far too much. And in their minds saying no, and then they open their mouths and say yes. So um, <laughs> I, I have a whole load of, of nice little phrases that I practice in the mirror of politely saying no to people. Yeah. Um, and... The other element is it could be that the things on your list are things that you've added and some of them may not be necessary. 
yeah, know, they may not be a priority because we all love to sort of say, oh, yeah, and I'll do this and, you know, I'll do the three hour workout and I'll, I'll you yeah. know, build, make all these wonderful healthy meals. And, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, a 12 hour day as well because of all my different jobs. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah, and that's never going to happen. So no wonder you get yeah. overwhelmed. And, you know, but I think for me, it's 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 really important to remember that anxiety is a normal reaction. It's I call it my RM alarm clock. It's sort yeah. of remember you got this, remember you got that. And that's really helpful anxiety, remember, reminding you of things. Um, the, the time when it becomes unhelpful is when it stops you doing things. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it, it gets to the point where, as you said, your brain is switched off. But and having that education that you talked about, that knowledge and education about what is happening, for me, is so incredibly important. And if more people understood the the whole sort of chemical thing that's going on and the reactions and why those reactions are coming and overcoming it is so much easier yeah oh well definitely um and it's it's anxiety that the the chemicals are like taps you can switch them off and you can switch them on so for example I mean, you can uh, you can play with this for yourself. If you fast, shallow breathe for a little while, you will begin to feel anxious because your body, the physical reaction of what you're imposing on your body, yeah. um, the brain recognizes that and it thinks, hey, I must be anxious about something. And then you'll start to be anxious about something. But when that's happening as a response to a trigger, you can also... A trick's not the right word, but you can um, you can get the body to change the response by yes. changing the speed and depth of your breathing, for example. Yeah, so, absolutely. And yeah. and you're manipulating the chemical environment in your brain, and I think as well what you say to yourself about situations manipulates the um, oh, environment yeah. in the brain, and I think people feel that those things are trivial. Uh, but in actual fact, they're incredibly important yeah. tools. They are. And and for me, you know, one of the key things is understand where those feelings and those chemicals and that whole sort of mush of stuff that goes on in our bodies. You know, when you go to watch a movie and it's a it's a horror film, you're going to get scared yeah. because you're you're focusing the 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 situation you're in is creating all those chemicals in your body to make you feel that you know when you go to a comedy and you're laughing then you know it produces different chemicals so this and all day every day we are going sort of feeding our minds feeding our unconscious body you know the the, the operating system that we have with all these input things and that input is throwing out all these feelings. So, yep. yeah, be careful of what you input. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And um, and the thing is as well that it it isn't just what we're thinking in that moment. It's right. things that we have been taught in the yeah. past or experiences from the past. Sometimes they're cultural influences because the the – the brain split into two. It's got its primitive part that gets yeah. on with the day-to-day -day running of the body, and then it's got the um, the higher cortex, which um, gives all sorts of extra input. 
And what you think about something sends chemicals which can sensitize the primitive part of the brain into responding at a much lower yeah. threshold. Um, and it's so, it, yes, exactly. Be careful what, what you think and be careful what you're, you're feeding uh, yeah. your brain all the time. And um, it's quite amazing. And be careful who you're with as well and what yeah. they're feeding your brain. Um, because, you know, at what you're reading, what what you're watching, what people yes. are saying to yeah. you in an environment, surrounding yourself with people who are, you know, calm and positive thinking and so on can make a real difference to how easy it is for you to manage the chemicals in your own brain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I talk about that a lot, really. It's about your whole diet. It's not just about the food you eat, which obviously is important so that you're properly yeah. nourished because that's not going to help else. You know, if you're eating nothing yeah. but junk food, that won't help either. But it's, you know, how often do you watch the news and all the doom and gloom that's in the news? How, you know, what newspapers do you read? What books do you read? What movies do you watch? Are you watching movies that are all, you know, yeah. emotional and, you know, sad and where, you know, it's, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't watch those, but let's get it in balance. You know, it's like everything in life is a balance, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we want to feel all the emotions because that makes our life rich but you know we don't want to get stuck in one or the other because either we're sort of hyper you know um nobody we want to be around us if we're sort of super hyper and super you know the what do they call it toxic positivity yes actually you're just so positive all the time it's almost like a manic yep. state yeah um but you don't want to be in that depressed low mood state either it's it's about experiencing all of it yeah yes yeah, uh, no, exactly. And and I think being aware of where you are and choosing the right thing for that particular moment as well. Yeah. You know, there are times when I feel able to cope with that particular person or that particular film yes. or that it's particular book. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and there are other times when I think I'm just going to give that a miss because I'm not going to be able to manage it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching this um, programme on Netflix, actually, and it's a bit it's a bit creepy. I mean, it's very psychological, which I like. I like the psychological dramas. Yeah. But I've decided not to watch it before I go to bed because it is a bit sort of, you know, ooh, ooh, okay. It it sort of, it's creepy. Yeah. I really yeah, yeah. don't want to trigger, you know, my mind sort of giving me unhelpful or un unpleasant dreams around that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll watch something <laughs> nice afterwards. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I look, I freely admit I, I'm a, a great lover of, of um, rom-coms with happy endings oh, and yeah. so on, because actually how lovely to just drift off into that world for a little while. Brilliant. I know, <laughs> I know it's great. It, and it's that sort of escapism, isn't it? You know, yes. and, you know, and that comes on to your subject matter, you know, writing, because... Yes. You know, every anyone, I mean, I'm a massive book reader. I love it. I, I read books for information, but I also read novels and it is my escapism. And to be honest, I'd rather read a book than watch a movie or watch the TV. Um, but what I find is reading relaxes me so much I fall asleep. So I can't read too much <laughs> at a time. Um, whereas I can sort of watch the TV for a longer period. But, you know, it's for me, uh, books, 
all sorts of books are just like this other world. And even when I was a child, I used to escape from reality into the wonderful world of Aesop's fables and Br'er Rabbit and Enid Blyton and all those yeah. sort of normal children's things. Yeah. So, so tell us about your writing. Well, I write, I tend to write women's fiction. I write some non-fiction stuff as well, but my, my novel writing, I tend to write uh, women's fiction. And what I love to write are relatable stories, relatable characters that people can be immersed in. And we look in the stories at some issues. Um, so, for example, uh, one of my novels starts with a bereavement. So we look at that bereavement process, but I always take it round with to end with a either happy for now or a happy ever after yeah. ending. And I like to introduce characters that both support the main protagonists. I also like some characters which derail them a little bit and get them to think about issues and and ultimately move to resolving issues. So uh, I suppose I'm really big into resolution. So I like to look at issues. So my series actually follows uh, uh, this girl who's been bereaved and it follows her journey through that bereavement and then in subsequent books it follows how her life then carries on and how the life of her friends carries on and their interactions and so on so that's the series but I've also written um, a historical um, fiction novel which is more about social issues it's it's written just before the first world war so it's looking at the changing role of women in society around that around that time and I really enjoyed writing that because that was um I used some of the archives that my of my grandmother's archives um she was born in 1896 so mm -hmm. um we have our kids late in this family so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so um so that was um so that was really interesting to use it's not her story but to use some of her archives yes. you know photos and stuff that she talked to me about her youth and her, you know her working life and and so on so yeah i i i write about people really yeah so d how did you get into writing is that something you've always wanted to do or was that part of when you said you know the anxiety you started writing because of the anxiety so which came first yeah um I've always loved, like you, I love reading. I've always uh -huh. uh, devoured books and, and uh, had thought about uh, writing. And But formally, I started writing after the anxiety because I started to write for myself, but then to use that for other people to be able to use as well. Yeah. So it kind of moved from um, non-fiction, um, looking at, all the academic side of anxiety so it moved from non-fiction into the fictionalized stories the visualizations um mm -hmm. and the music and I then started to think I'd like to write a novel but thought yes and I haven't got time and when I've got time I'll do a writing course and then and blah 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 and in fact I lost a friend of mine who was nearly 20 years uh, younger than me she died very quickly uh, from a very aggressive uh, brain tumour mm -hmm. and I thought actually none of us know uh, how long we have 
So now's the time. And uh, I started to write. And um, to begin with, I was self-educating. And then when I really committed to saying, I'm going to do this now, miraculously up popped a writing group on a day that I could attend and that fitted in with my schedule and um and I slotted into that and that's when I started writing uh seriously and found such joy in that process um and um so brilliant to be able to again to talk about the things I know but not in a formal academic sense, actually mm. woven into people's lives and, and people's stories um, to be able to, to uh, have enjoyable stories, but woven through with some of the knowledge I, I have from being yeah. a practitioner. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, you know, that's you, what you've spoken about there is... Um, the law of attraction isn't it you know and throw something out there this is what i'm thinking of doing this is what i want to do oh by the way there's there's the writing course that you know has just popped up and you know there's a lot of talk about law of attraction you know and how how to do it properly and all, all the rest of it but it's it's again it's about for me it's about sort of saying okay this is what i want to do and then keeping your eyes open for that opportunity because yeah. it will show up. Yeah, De- absolutely, definitely. And it doesn't always come from where you think it's going to come no. from. You know, some <laughs> of the some of the sort of um, manifesting courses are very um, prescriptive about what should yeah. be, you know, wh- how you should do things and so on. But actually, if you just remain open, if you put it out there and think, right, I'm going to remain open to this because... I didn't see that writing course. It was a friend of mine who said, I've done some work with this lady who does a a writing course and they've done a completely different piece of work together on forest schools. Um, And she said, you know, I just think you'd love that. And you have so many stories and you tell, you know, you illustrate things with stories have you ever thought of doing any writing? And I said, yes, I have. And she said, oh, I'm going to put you in contact. Now, that wasn't a direct, it didn't no. come onto my phone or my laptop or I didn't see a leaflet. That came by the by. The by. Yes. So, and I think, again, just as you say, being open to yeah. the opportunities and um and talking to other people about what you want and, and what you want to achieve or, or or how you feel. And I think sometimes we're a bit, I was a little bit worried to start with, people are going to laugh, you know, you're a physio, yeah. what, you're not a novelist or, you know, you haven't done an English literature degree or, you know, any of those things. But actually, I'm always amazed. At, I People are generally, I honestly believe people generally are supportive. Yes. Um, and if you really want to do something, people will help you. Yeah. And and if, yeah, and go if on. They don't, if they don't, they're not, they're not, they're not right for you at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And the other thing that I think I learned from writing was how to ask for the time I needed. And as you say, it just consolidated what I'd learned about prioritizing. So, you know, not thinking I should be doing this and I should be producing that and I should be spending my time doing that. 
say to myself, I could be doing this, that or the other, but in fact, I'm going to be writing today. Yes, so, it's about an, a conscious choice, isn't it? You know, what is yes. what is your priority? What is it, you know, you make time for what you want to do, what your passion is, because, you know, that's when anxiety shows up. If, if we're so full of um, stuff for other people and our own stuff is being left by the wayside, Yes. That can trigger huge anxiety. Yes. I honestly believe that nothing makes us ill faster than living outside our own integrity. Yeah. And I think that our people's integrity is different. We're all different and our priorities are different. And we do live often with, with other people or within a family community or a work community. And it's it's really important to speak about your own needs within that environment or if it's an environment that's not changing looking to be in a more flexible environment that suits your integrity um better um i'd find it really very difficult now to work within a corporate environment because i haven't for years and i've been able to mold my environment to a certain extent and i relish that so yeah. i i think it's i think it's extremely important that we allow ourselves to think that we could do some of these things rather than that we should do. And I think one of the things we don't do well within families is particularly women. I, I do think particularly women, they meet everybody's needs and they yes. don't ask either for support or they don't delegate tasks um, in order to be able to do what they want to do. Yeah, there's a lot of that, actually. Uh, you know, I, I see that with the women that I help. It's it's all about serving others. It's all about, you know, if if... If my partner, if my kids, if I do everything for them, then I'll be happy because they're happy. Mm. But so often there's, there's this little thing that's missing, that little bit of um, that little special thing, that feeling that deep inside of, you know, the fulfillment, the achievement, the whatever it is, you know, this. And sometimes yeah. we can't even put our finger on it, but we just yeah. know that there's something missing. Missing. It's the me before them. Yeah. isn't it it's the me i was or the me i am inside before i took on yeah. them yes um, and it's i think um there's a lot of laughter about how feisty women get after 50 and you know that and people say gosh you know hardly recognize her but i think it's a time when women can actually allow that inner me to come out and they yeah. suddenly realize that they there is this thing that they're wanting to do or or, or they need to do um yeah. and they that can. is so true that is so true you know i because normally once you get into your 50s your your children are grown to at, at least to a, a, an extent where they don't need you as much i mean yeah. my, mine are super grown up in their 20s and 30s so um you know they've definitely thrown uh, flown the nest and you know, I have I have a grandchild now, and he's only a baby. And my, you know, my son will say to me, you know, can you babysit tomorrow night? And I'll say, no, give me notice. I'm busy. I'm doing my yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I feel, you know, but although I do want to help, you know, and I, if I can, I will. 
but at the same time I, I'm not afraid to say no no and you're exactly right and what I was saying earlier about that having a polite set of saying no you, there you're putting in the boundaries aren't you yeah. you're saying if if I can I will but you must give me notice respect yes. the fact that I have a life I'm not just waiting for you to ask me to babysit um and I think that's really important and if there's something I do want to do but I don't have time to do it at that moment will say to people look my diary's full at the moment but I'm really interested in that so I need to think about what I can let go or ask me again in six months and I'll make some diary space for that you know because I don't want to do it now I won't be able to do it properly but ask me again or ask me for next year's committee or next year's function and I think if you're ready with those saying no well yes um, and saying no in a in you know in a positive way that doesn't leave people feel you know because you could turn around and say oh you know you always wanting something and you know if I do that I won't be able to do this and that goes down Not really helpful. badly you feel bad the other person feels bad but yeah. you know I think and I I don't know about you but I had to practice that stuff you know, I, I think most of us do those things because, as I say, I would think I would think no in my head and just open my mouth and say yes. Yeah, because we, we've got this idea that, you know, if we 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 take something incredibly positive from somebody asking us to help because we feel valued in some way. And I think that's the key thing, isn't it? Well, oh, they're asking me so that they want me there. They want me involved. They want me you know, and they value what I have to bring, you know, we make all these stories, you know, and it's for for me, (laughs) you know, the human mind is very good at creating stories to justify anything, anything at all. So, you know, I want to watch Netflix tonight. Oh, but I've got this, this and this to do. Oh, yeah, but I should treat myself, you know, it's good for me to have a restful evening every now and then. And we make up all these stories, you know, whether it's good or bad, we create the reason why we should do something or not do it. So, so if we take that rule and take that understanding, then actually gives us more ownership of our choices. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that at the end of the day, it's very liberating to own your choices. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you do have to take responsibility. Yes. So it, it gives you freedom, but you also have to take responsibility for the choices that you make. And I think sometimes there's an issue there as well that actually you don't want to take responsibility for being the person who says no or for yeah. disappointing or you know whatever it is or what yeah. will they think of me if I say no yeah it's that exactly sort of, yeah. will that wreck our relationship will you know blah 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 yeah and um and we are a little bit conditioned to please people because it's been a strategy I think as a child Again, it's often a strategy that gets us things. So we carry that through into our adult life when actually we don't need to continue to please people in order to get the things that we want. But we use that childlike strategy in order to do that. Or the other thing that we do is that we give, but it has a price tag. 
attached mm. to it. So, well, if I give this, I will be able to ask that. And, yeah. um, you know, unless there's a, been a negotiation and its reciprocity has been agreed, that's not necessarily forthcoming right. at all. And then we feel angry or resentful. I know, I know. And it's, you know, the miscommunication of expectations and understandings and misunderstandings. I mean, we could go on forever, couldn't we? Yeah, absolutely yeah. go on forever. Yes. So, so tell me, Angela, with you, you know, with your experience, with what you've been through, uh, with your anxiety, with yeah. um, your writing, how is yeah. it you work with people now? Because I know you're a coach and you work with people. Yeah. I do. And um, I, I work with people uh, through writing to enhance their creativity, uh, to build their confidence and to build a calm focus as well. So um, I'm working with people to give them skills. Uh, I generally start with breathing because I think breathing's at the centre of Yes, everything and at the center of our well-being I think if we're not breathing well you know we that's it we're not getting oxygen to where we need it to etc et so I think I always believe that it's the it's the foundation mm-hmm. um so that's that's my starting point with everybody to get the breath right and get the the getting a calm focus and then using visualization to expand creativity uh and then from there, writing techniques to actually be able to express ourselves. And we're expressing ourselves for a reason. Either we're creating a fictional story um, for our own pleasure or, you know, indeed to entertain others. Uh, we're talking about an experience or our life experiences. So they can be memoirs. We're trying to help people perhaps in an you know, a non fiction sense as well but whatever we're doing and I I think writing is is amazing because it leaves a legacy and even if you're not going to publish if it's just a journal or diaries that you're leaving for your family it's a piece of social history it's a a legacy um we had a wonderful experience with a a chap I was uh, working with in a in a writing group and he was just writing snippets of his memory from when he was a lad growing up just after the war. Mm-hmm. They were amazing. He was a fabulous raconteur. And, but he wasn't going to publish them and they weren't in any coherent order. We really encouraged him in the end to get them ordered. He eventually published them and they, they've been well received. And people have, they've given people so much joy. Yeah. And that's a legacy for his family as well. So I do think writing is um whatever you end up doing with it i think it's an amazing thing so so i i coach people sort of via you know via writing um but in order to write you develop so many life skills mm-hmm. um as well so as i say it helps people to deal with anxiety but it builds their confidence uh, helps them to be more present in the moment and to observe things more closely gets people thinking about relationships as well and asking questions so I think it's an amazing medium to to work to enrich uh, people's lives generally yeah yeah no it sounds great so so how can people work with you uh well people can um to start with I think it's really important to know well do you really want to work with with me are we a good fit so um I would uh, first of all, 
uh, just have a, you know, no obligation free call with people to have a, a talk through, look at what they're hoping to achieve and see if we're a good fit to um, achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got different um, uh, coaching programs. People can work with me one to one or there are webinars that um people can come and and attend uh so there's a a mixture of ways of of working and some people work with me over an extended period some people just want to look at a particular thing and do that and then and then they're they're happy to go on on their own yeah sounds sounds great so and i understand that you've got something to offer my listeners yes please i would love people if they're interested if they think this could help them I would love them to come and take a a free call with me we spend um, about an hour together and um, talk through issues and look at well you know how can I offer you some value to to start to address those issues so yeah I'd I'd love people to um, to come and do that Um, Otherwise, if people are interested and they want to read some fiction, which is uh, around th- these sort of um, topics, they're very welcome to sign up to my author list, and mm. then they get a free they get a free novella when they sign up to my author email list as okay, well. So if fabulous. they want to, if they'd like a free women's fiction novel, they sign up to my author list. Okay, great. Well, the, um, we'll put all your contact details in the show notes. So everyone who, who wants to um, take you up on any of those things can can do so. And the one thing I always ask my guests towards the end of a, an amazing chat is, what are three takeaways that people can have from our conversation today? Okay, so a piece of simple breath work that can be really helpful um is to imagine that you're taking the breath in and you're taking it down to your stomach area rather than into your chest take it into stomach area breathe in on a count of either three or four whatever's comfortable so breath in for three then hold for three one two three breathe out for three and pause for three Fabulous. And get just a rhythmical cycle going with the in-breath, the pause, the out-breath. And the counting is a really helpful way to focus you in on your breathing. So that's for me, is a really important and an easy way to breathe and very helpful when you're um, feeling anxious. Go and buy yourself a beautiful journal of some kind, a notebook. And not anything rubbish, something that you really love and a pen that feels comfortable in your hand and give yourself five minutes or 10 minutes every day to write something. And you just count back from five, five, four, three, two, one, go. Have a timer set for five minutes and it doesn't matter what you write. You can write what you're feeling. You can write what you're seeing. You can write what you're smelling. You can say... I have no idea what I'm writing and why I'm writing this. It doesn't matter, but you write for five minutes until you until you stop. And that journaling thing, you can write down positive affirmations. You can write down whatever you want mm-hmm. in that journal 
but you spend five minutes free expressing. And I think lots of ideas come up, lots of questions come up. And I, I think that's a really excellent way. And I, for me, it's a morning thing that I do, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, sure. So journal. I, you know, I'm a writing coach, so journal <laughs> I think is a great thing. Um, you can stick pictures in it. You can color. It doesn't matter, but you give yourself five or ten. Gets addictive, be warned. So you might suddenly find that you want to spend a little bit longer journaling. You can take yourself to a beautiful place to journal. Um, it doesn't matter. Take yourself out of your setting and, and go and journal. It's a it's a wonderful thing. And the other thing I would say to people, the third takeaway thing about anxiety is pay attention to your sleep routine. Try mm. to have a good sleep routine. Get off your screens half an hour, an hour before you, you go to sleep and um, get a shower or a bath. Have a small snack. Take yourself off to bed. Usually at a similar time, if you can, get your seven hours sleep. It's it's really, really helpful. And one of the sleep inducing things that we can do during the day is make sure that we go outside, get some light, especially Northern Europe, middle of the winter. Mm -hmm. When there's sunshine, go out into the sun and walk and enjoy what you're seeing, what you're smelling. I think that's really important. Even if you're on a busy working day, you know, you have a statutory lunch break, you have a coffee break, get away from your desk, go outside yes. and have a sensory experience. And if you genuinely can't do that, have a sensory experience indoors, have a little bowl of pebbles or feathers or a mixture of different textures beside you and just look at them and feel them and uh, enjoy the colours and, and how they feel. Just give yourself a different sensory experience. Amazing. Thank you. That's great. So, well, okay. Angela, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. It's been really interesting. And um, the uh, the writing thing just really does sort of interest me a little bit because I do, you know, obviously, I do a lot of writing with, with my coaching, but... Um, yeah, I've always thought about writing my own life story because it's been a whole range of ups and downs and it, it's quite interesting yeah. to consider that, you know. Yeah, um, do it because, do it for yourself, mm -hmm. do it for the legacy that you'll leave, you know, maybe do it for the people that you're going to help, but first and foremost, do it for yourself. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll take some pointers from you, so... <laughs> anyway it's been thank lovely you so much you. for inviting me no, you're uh, it's, been, it's been a real pleasure to sit and chat through these issues which they're they're so important to me so it's been great to yeah. to talk to you about it okay well take care we'll see you thank soon. you bye now bye. thank you for listening to today's show please follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they're available whilst you are there Please also comment and review as it helps me and other listeners know what is good and what is not. If you would like to get in touch, feel free to reach out to me via the contact details in my show notes or through Facebook at Finding Freedom Club.